In, in lightning. Inspirational. Inspirational. Powerfully refining. Powerfully refining. And unapologetically controversial. Conversations with, with the Royal Impress. The entire world knows the secret of who you are. Now is the time to step into your queendom and become the Royal Empress that you're meant to be. One woman at a time. Conversations with the Royal Empress. Now Akima, she's the analytical Empress. Akima, she's the Empress that will challenge you. And Lakeshe Nadira, she's the Empress who tells it like it is. Now, straighten up your crown and be elevated through conversation. Conversation with the Royal Empress. I am Dr. Hakima Jahad Muhammad, and joining me today are my fellow co-hosts, Sister Lakashe Nadira and Sister Akila. Peace, everyone. Greetings. Thank you all for joining us today. We got a good juicy topic today for you, sisters and brothers. We do. We have a very juicy topic, one very personal to myself. Um, today's topic is eggshell friendships. Now I'm gonna ask you a question. Are your friendships toxic? I want you, mm. my listeners, to take a moment to think about that one. And while you're thinking about it, I'm gonna ask Lakashe or Akila to answer the question. What? <laughs> <laughs> what, what? Are your friendships toxic? You know, I pray that they're, I pray that not all of them are. <laughs> but, Cause then you got to start looking at the common denominator, but, uh, but uh, <laughs> start looking at yourself, right? Right, right. You know, yeah. If every friendship you have is toxic, mm. but I know I don't have most. I would I would imagine that most of my friendships are not toxic, but I've definitely had some toxic friendships, toxic relationships. Um, I've had friends who were so sensitive that you had to monitor your words and you have to try to tiptoe around or as I say tiptoe through the, what is it tiptoe to the tulip or whatever that thing is <laughs> and you know we had a conversation before um Hakeem and I told you I, I don't do eggshell friendships I've just gotten to a place in my life where I don't want to have to concern myself with you know, somebody being super sensitive about everything. Now, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be tactful. You know, that doesn't give you a license to just go out and be rude and say whatever you want to say to people. And that's, you know, that's not what I mean. I don't think that just because we're friends, I have a right to, to say stuff to you, you know, that's hurtful. But I shouldn't have to walk on eggshells, meaning every little thing that is said to you you're offended or you, you know you can't handle it or you're viewing somebody in a certain manner you know you just got your own issues and you can't handle certain certain conversations from god forbid don't ask and then get offended 
you know, somebody asks you your opinion and then they get upset about what you said, then don't ask. Yeah, that's that's a very, this topic is really interesting to say the least. Um, you know, I would, as Akila answered the same question, I would hope not. Um, you know, when I hear that toxic friendship, eggshell friendship, um, I must say that maybe in the past, I know I probably have had um, friendships or relationships, situations where there has been some level of toxicity. Um, now, where those friendships stand today is a different story because, you know, as you grow then to protect yourself, you have to make sure that you are always moving upwardly. And in doing so, you know, because everything that we do, we want to make sure that we're growing. A toxic or a eggshell-like friendship will stunt the growth of the friendship or the relationship of any kind. <clears throat> and so I'm really big on letting things go, even if they're not let go immediately, but eventually getting to a place where you, if you're in a relationship and something is causing you harm, and when I hear toxicity or when I hear toxic, I am thinking, I'm thinking of the word poison, you know, I'm thinking of deadly, I'm thinking of something that's dangerous, something that's harmful, something that's, you know, going to injure me or prevent me um, from being able to be free. And I guess that's where the eggshell walking comes in, because if I'm walking on eggshells and that means that I'm not free to put my feet on solid ground, then that means that I'm not free to just be who I am. And that's not good. You know, I think about that as it relates to um, domestic relation, domestic violence, like relationships um, or partnerships where people are in a relationship and they have to tiptoe. They cannot be their, their themselves. They have to whisper. And when I say whisper, not in the typical sense of the word of just silencing themselves or being quiet, but just making sure that they are careful as to how they say something so that the person that they're speaking to or that they're involved in or a relationship with um, is not offended. And that to me is no way to really live. So again, I know I have had relationships that definitely will fall into that category. But as I continue to grow, I also continue to do housekeeping. It's no different than, you know, having a garden. You know, as the weeds come up, and I see that as being a weed, <laughs> you have to figure out how you are going to still allow, if you're going to allow the weeds to stay and, you know, kill up the rest of the garden, then okay. You know, some weeds serve purposes. So are you going to allow these things to exist together? Or are you going to, you know, trim the fat, which means remove what no longer is serving you in that relationship and that's something to think about and so I know with me I've had to do that definitely over the years that's deep housekeeping I like that you know uh just to provide some clarity for our listeners who may say oh I don't understand what they're talking about as far as egg share relationships I, I, I want to discuss an article from psychology today that was posted January 28th of 2016 and it pretty much break, breaks down the eggshell 
relationship. The eggshell relationship is when you're actually in a relationship with someone that's emotionally unstable. That means you have to be, you have to handle them with ease to prevent an emotional outburst. I mean, that's not healthy. I mean, you, there's no trust in a relationship. I don't know, like I share, Keila, do you agree with me? How do you trust, how do you have trust in a relationship where it's like, I'm afraid to be honest with you and share my feelings because if I do, there's this big emotional outburst. There's some emotional instability with the person that I'm in a relationship with, friendship or what have you. How, how, can, how, how can you function like that? It's too much instability. It's too much emotional instability. Hence my I don't do eggshell friendships. I've I've done them in the past. You know what I've done personally is I compartmentalize people, and I understand now where someone is, and so I deal with them accordingly. And it's uh, one of my good friends and also a friend of Lakeshe. We always mention her. Moni Rashad used to say, it's okay to love people from the balcony. And so I think that I've just gotten to that place in my life where I understand that there are some people that I simply have to love from the balcony. I don't necessarily, I'm not really big on cutting people off. I'm not big on cutting people off, but I don't believe that I should have to, you know, kind of suffer or you know just be always on guard because I think that this person is going to have some kind of outburst or you're going to have some type of argument that you're not interested in having or you're going to be blamed for something that you really have nothing to do with you know and I, I, I see a lot of people like that I had an example some years ago a friend of mine was having trouble in a relationship. And she confided in me about it and she talked to me about it. And I was always told, my mother had told me, don't get involved with nobody else's relationship. You know, don't just, just stay out of that. And so one day, because things were going wrong with her and the guy, she told me that it was my fault somehow <laughs> that what was going on in her relationship was going on in her relationship. And I'm sitting there just dumbfounded, like, what? But you blamed me. And so it was just, but that was that, that unstable mind that you're so, you're in, in such a, a crazed place because of what's going on in your own situation that, you know, I say something, it's almost like a trigger, you know, and you just go off on me. And so what I told her, I said, let me tell you something right now. I said, don't tell me nothing about your relationship ever again. In fact, when she would bring his name up, I would change the subject. Wow. Like, nah, because I'm not, I'm not going to dance around that with you. So therefore, I'm going to remove myself from that aspect of your life altogether. I don't want, I don't want to hear nothing about your relationship. That's, I'm, not, I'm not the friend for that. So, you know, I think it's just some of it, I believe, is having to set boundaries with people and letting and 
you know, I don't know if it's almost a drawing a line in the sand, but you have to let people know what you're not going to tolerate from them either. And if I can't say anything to you, you know. You know, I had a, uh, we talk about eggshell friendships. You know, and I had a friend um, that, I don't want to say had a friend, I mean, we're still friends, but you know, that when you go through a situation, the tragedy or the or the situation or the seriousness of the situation could change the deepness of the relationship. So now you ain't girls no more, you just cordial. So I had a situation with someone, not to go in depth, but just not to go deep into it, but just to state that there was a situation that occurred where that person took my actions personal against them and it really wasn't directed to them. And they were upset about it, and it just changed the dynamic of, of the relationship. In in any in any relationship, with you're going to have conflict. I mean, in the world of conflict resolution, mm-hmm. when you approach conflict and you overcome it together, it deepens your relationship. So when you get to that fork in the road with someone, and there's conflict and they choose to walk away and not necessarily work with you to overcome it, they necessarily wasn't a friend anyway. Yeah. Do you all agree with that? Yeah, I think sometimes it's envy and jealousy though. It's hidden, you know, and it's hidden behind the, the smiles and the, you know, I'm happy for you type of thing. I can go back to years ago I had a friend who actually told me one day that she envied me. She told you that? She told me that. Wow. And she said, I, what, what she envied though was my ability to, to only date one person, which is crazy because we were teenagers. And, that's <laughs> that the, and, and that wasn't something that she had done. And, it, it, and I was like, mm, that's interesting. But mind you, fast forward, our friendship actually ended. And when the friendship ended, I realized I didn't do anything to her, but just be me. Mm. And that sometimes being yourself is too much for some people. Man, that's and, deep, ain't it? Yeah. Because so, you're not bringing harm. You're just, you're mm-hmm. just existing. I just exist. <laughs> you can't apologize for that, can you, Akeem? I sure can hope you apologize not. for that. I don't know how can you apologize for living or existing? right. I, I'm here, you know, and, uh, and I'm happy to be here. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so wow. But yeah, but we we ended up stop we we stopped speaking. But the cra- this was the crazy thing. So she was dating this guy, and and, and let me let me get through this really quickly because I don't want to take a whole lot of time. But she dated this guy. We were over their house one time. I think I might have, we might have talked about this before. And you know how back in the day we used to fill out those little forms to, for magazines and you put your address and mailed a little card in. And so I had filled that out. Card. Yeah. And so I left it over his house. So that's how he got my phone number. He called me one day and he was asking me all these questions about her. And I'm like, why are you asking me this? Ask her, ask her, ask her. So I never gave him any information. And I told her the next day that her boyfriend had called me. 
And she, and so he was sitting there. She was like, you called her? And he said, yeah. And so she said, well, let me call you back. I said, okay. So she called me back. She said, what did you tell him? I said, I didn't tell him anything. I said, I would imagine that he wouldn't lie on me. So I guess, you know, whatever he said. She stopped speaking to me. Because she claimed that I told him all of these things about her that I never told her. But my thought was, that was your escape. That was how you were to get out of mm. a friendship that you didn't know how to get out of because it forced a mirror in your face that you didn't want to deal with about you. Mm. And, Ooh. you know, and I mean, it, and it happened. And, you know, when I would see her, you know, over the course of the years, I speak anyway. And, and I couldn't understand why she had this, this, this thing with me. Whereas there was this other girl who she was buddy, buddy with, who actually tried to hook her man up with another woman. <laughs> and, and she stayed friends with this chick, like seriously. <laughs> and, 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 and listen, when she and I was friends, I like defended her regularly. I like, I got into it. Of course, now we're young. I got into it with men over her. Like I'm getting ready to fight a man because of her. And, you know, I mean, it, it was just crazy because she, you know, they, people were saying different things about her that, you know, she told me it didn't happen. So I took her word for it. So, you know, I'm like, hey, you know, I ain't big as a net, as they say. <laughs> and I'm jumping. Yeah, you're trying, not. <laughs> trying to fight somebody for her, right? <laughs> so. Oh, that's, that's funny. I, I have to say this, though, for our listeners. The kid is small, but she, <laughs> she, 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 ain't, she ain't no joke, though. I mean, she's small as stature, but she ain't no joke. I wouldn't mess with her. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I want to read uh, the, 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 another article, another article I got from Psychology of Today. And I like reading it because they'll bring um, psychology information. They'll break it down to the simplest form so that you can understand it. It's not in this doctor language. It's just some simple everyday language. But it's eight signs of a toxic friendship. So I have to read them because this is some good stuff. Sign number one of a toxic friendship. You find yourself in a competition with her or other best friends. Isn't that something? Mm. You shouldn't be competing with your friend, but or they should be competing with you. If that's the case, you know you're in a toxic friendship. Mm. Sign number two of a toxic friendship is there's an imbalance in talk time. All for the friend, none for you. So mm. everything is about them and nothing about you. That's a toxic relationship. Number three of a toxic friendship is your best friend blurts out criticism with a self-righteous attitude. So pretty much they're judgmental on you they're too critical on you where it's like okay it's one thing to be my my girl my homie and, and, and you're really trying to hold me accountable then there's another thing they're just trying to find fault you're nitpicking now mm. sign number four of a toxic friendship who calls who if you chasing them down they ain't really no friend right if you got to be chasing them down they're not your friend because people make time for people that's important to them. Sign number five of a toxic friendship is your best friend tells you that you need to change. <laughs> yeah, some instability right there. They're emotionally unstable. I need to change, but 
you don't see where you need to change. Goes back to that criticism, that extra criticism of you. Sign number six is you're walking on eggshells. <laughs> talking about that, right? Mm-hmm. First, you're fun to be with this person, but then it gets to the point you're like afraid to be you around them because, oh my God, I don't want, I don't, I don't want, I don't want to trigger them emotionally. Mm-hmm. And that usually what happens when you're with someone that's that you're walking around with on eggshells. Sign number seven that you're in a toxic friendship. You're riding an emotional roller coaster with them. Isn't that crazy? Mm. I mean, that, you that, had this bond at first, and then no, it's no longer a bond. It's this emotional roller coaster. You're like, I shouldn't. It shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be that way emotionally. It's these ups and downs. These ups and downs. It shouldn't be that way. Sign number eight of a toxic friendship is the stress starts to settle in your body. So we're basically having a relationship with this person, you're starting to get sick. Mm. <laughs> basically, what's going on? Eight, eight important signs that you're in a relationship. They're all deep. I mean, they're all, they're all important. If you can relate to any of those signs, you need to reevaluate that relationship. If any of those eight signs are something that you can relate to in a relationship with a very good friend, you need to reevaluate that friendship. Although I would, I would say that you can take some of them are, um, a little bit questionable because the one one of the ones that kind of stood out to me when you said when somebody tells you you need to change and you know what but you might need to change <laughs> so i said evaluate i ain't say cut oh, them evaluate. off i said evaluate <laughs> oh, okay. it's uh, like oh i gotta look at this one but you're right i guess a good point maybe you're the toxic person in a relationship right right, right? So i'm just saying like just be careful as we're putting that out there that make sure you're not the common denominator you know are you is this with all of your relationships and you're constantly telling everybody that they need to change mm. uh so that's our royal empress disclaimer yeah <laughs> <laughs> the royal empress disclaimer we yeah, we put some disclaimers out there. <laughs> make sure you're not the toxic one before you go talk about yeah they toxic you know we always looking for a reason to say stuff you know just like we talk about haters and all of that this is a very touchy subject when it comes to friendship because I would like to know the percentage of our listeners who are involved in toxic relationships. I would like to know. Yeah, what they I would deem. like our listeners to really write what they deem. I mean, of course, there's two sides to every story, but I would just like to hear the feedback of our listeners. Um, definitely shoot us a, a message to let us yeah. know on Facebook. We would love to hear you. Ask the Royal Empress please send us a direct message and let us know because I would, I would love to know how many of our listeners or what percentage of our listeners are experiencing signs of a toxic relationship. You know, that, that you're so right. This topic, it's, it is, um, it's an interesting topic. It's a very good topic. It's a very healthy topic because if anyone is experiencing a toxic relationship, then the health of it is that, you know, being able to evaluate it, to look at it, to be honest, remove the emotion of it, you know, because sometimes we have friendships that have been, that we've had for a long time. And longevity of friendship oftentimes will define 
or at least we will allow it to define for us whether or not we will continue in the friendship. So you may say, oh, I've been knowing this person since I was seven years old. You know, we go way back. I've been knowing this person for 25 years. I've been knowing this person for 30 years. And then, you know, in the course of 30 years, people have changed. People have become different. People have had many different types of experiences. So it's always a good opportunity to kind of go back and check because what was the basis of the friendship in the first place? Is it because you've been knowing that person for so long? And that's why you can claim them as your friend. Is it because of the unity or not the unity, but is it because of what the commonality of the friendship? Is that why you remain? Sometimes we remain in friendships just because we think that that's what we're supposed to do. I've had friendships like that, but I don't necessarily, even as I look now, I ask myself, really, is that a friendship? It's kind of like, you know, Think about who you were as a young adult. You know, think about who you are as as a teenager. Are you that same person? And so as you move throughout um, adulthood, as you grow, things change. So you may develop a different set of belief systems that that person does not share. And because they know they don't share those things, then there's really not anything that you have in common. Not like you did when you played on the swings or not like you did when you both wore your hair in the same style, you know, or, you know, in high school. So everything requires that you reevaluate, you know, where you are. Um, And if the friendship should last, then that is a wonderful thing because in truth, it was a friendship. But it's always, to me, it's always good to go back to the why. Why were we friends to begin with? What is it because... When we grew up, our parents were best friends. I was always at your house every Saturday. You know, we hung out. We went on vacation together. So that makes us friends. But was it a real friendship? Did I even really know you? Or was I forced to be in this relationship with you because our parents <laughs> shared something? You know? So it, it's easy for... And, and then sometimes when you think about people, we all have different personalities, naturally. And... Um, Some of us are afraid to break chains because it's a comfort. It's all we know. So the fact that I've been knowing you since I was five or seven, I don't want to break that because, I mean, I'm going to feel funny because you've been with me for so long. And so thinking about those things, I I can recall friendships that I've had or relationships, I'll say I had, you know, since I was young. Um, And... When I thought about it, well, those were the only things that bonded us together, the fact that we had longevity. That was it. Because as we grew, we went in different directions. You're not my friend, you know? We probably thought we were friends. We probably, um, yeah, we probably thought that we were friends because that's what society says we were, you know? But that's really not what we really were. I, I know I have, a, um, I had a friend or have a friend. I don't know how I want to really term that. I have a sister and I'll put it like that because so I, I had to go back and kind of really look at friendship and make a comparison to sisterhood or being just even a sister. So when you think about sisterhood, you think about a relationship that you have with your sister, your sister in what? 
my sister, because this is my birth sister, this is a biological, you know, connection that I share. My sister, because we belong to the same organization. My sister, because we are connected in a common um, thing, you know, whether it be an ideology or whatever. So I, a while ago, I decided with a particular associate of mine, and I remember us having this conversation, I, I explained to them that I thought it would be better that if we put our um, relationship in the category, category, excuse me, as a sister opposed to a friend. And the reason was because, see, I know we all have, and I know we actually, we did a podcast on sisterhood and, and you know, we talked about this just a little bit, but my reasoning was, see, as a sister, I look at a sister in many different ways, actually, because I, I talked about the different types of sisterhood, you know, biological, you know, ideology, whatever. But see, when I think about a sister, I'm still thinking about a hood, sisterhood, a relationship that is formed for whatever reason, but it has a particular type of bond that even if we're not friends, we still can remain sisters. So, for example, I have sisters, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to just speak straight because, you know, that's what we do on this show. I have sisters, no, this might even sound some kind of way. I have sisters <laughs> who I do not like. What? I'm going to say that again. I'm going to say it because <laughs> I have to be honest with myself, and this is right. real talk. I have sisters who I do not care for. I do not like. But just because I do not like them, it does not mean that I do not love them. Now, I personally, I don't have any sisters. I, in other words, I don't have any biological sisters. Let me, let me clear this up because, again, there are different forms of sisterhood. I don't have any, I, I don't have any biological sisters that I know of. <laughs> um, and, but I do have <laughs> sisters that I've grown with. In different ways, you know, whether it be because we shared or once shared or still share the same type of ideology because we were spiritual sisters, because, you know, we were part of a similar organization, because, you know, we grew up in Girl Scouts together, because, you know, whatever the case might be. And those sisters, because of the common thing that brought us together in the first place, that thing may still be intact. That thing may still be in place. And that's not going anywhere. Cause that's who I am. That's who I'm going to be. And so I'm your sister in that way. And that will never change. And because I'm your sister in that way, that bond is strong like no other. And for that, I'll be your sister to the day I die. I will protect you. I'll fight for you. Hey, if there's something going down, I have your back. I am my sister's keeper, but I don't like you for whatever other reason. And to me, that's okay. Or even, I know I don't like you might sound strong, or I may, we may not see eye to eye on other, in other aspects of our life. Or maybe, you know, there's some discomfort when we come around. Or maybe there's some hateration. Or maybe, you know, there is some envy and jealousy. And I get that. I peep that. Whatever the case might be. Or maybe there's some things that we need to still work out, some kinks. I'm okay with that. Because I don't necessarily have to deal with you every day. But I'm still, no matter what, again, because that very thing, whatever it is, that commonality, that thing that we share, that is greater than the so-called friendship. So this is why I would rather put it in the category of a sister 
you know, sisterhood. Because, see, that's not going to break. It's like having, if I did have a biological sister, I'm assuming, and I can only assume this based on what I've heard other people tell me, you know, whether, you know, you hear some people say, hey, blood is thick in the water. I don't know how I necessarily feel about that, but I get it. You have some people who fit, who know, like, shoot, I don't even, me and my sister, we ain't talked in however many years, but it lets somebody mess with it. Let somebody, let somebody else talk about it. Let somebody else do something. And that's how I feel when I think about my sisters. No matter what, I'm going to have your back. But it, it, is it not okay that I, don't, that I don't agree with you? Is that not okay? It's okay. We, we just don't maybe walk in the same circle, you know, in terms of friends. You're not the person I'm getting on the phone calling if I have an issue. You're not the person that maybe I confide in. And so, again, with that relationship that I was originally explaining that brought us to this point, that came up. And I said, you know what, it's probably better that I put you in this category that we kind of work from this place because that's more comfortable for me. Because what it means, and not even so much comfortable for me, it's probably better for us because it seems like we kind of keep going in and out. We kind of keep having like this eggshell kind of thing. We keep having like this toxicity that keeps manifesting. So since we can't seem to kind of get that together, and maybe we will, maybe it's just not right now. Maybe we're going through a growth spurt because hell, we've been knowing each other since like, shoot, 25 years and we've changed. So as we grow and develop, we will change and maybe we become better. And maybe at a certain point, we will get to a point where we can be friends again, but let, and so that we don't break things completely to where you're like, hey, you out the box. Let us remain sisters. Because a sister never dies. A sister still has, for me anyways, it's a connection, again, like no other. And I still will protect my sister. Nobody else can do anything to her. We might not get along, but I still got your back. So, yeah, I've had situations to where I had to kind of go from friendship zone to the sisterhood zone just to keep the peace and not to break you know, what the commonality brought together. That's what I was just thinking. Sometimes it's growth. It's just your growth is, is so far ahead of that other person. And, you know, you just kind of have to remove yourself or just kind of reassign what that, that friendship or sistership, <laughs> what that really looks like just to, to maintain. Because I think sometimes, even if they are that person, if you love them, it's like, I love you and I want to accept you for who you are, but who you are just doesn't work for my day to day. So, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll always have your back, but you know, just that day to day thing just doesn't work for me. Like I said, you touched on a good point about sisterhood. Sometimes we, we, we feel we need to put everybody in a friendship category. Everyone's not going to be your friend. But everyone's going to be your sister or your brother. But in our case, everyone's, every woman is going to be your sister. We need to understand that, that you not, you may not have the same things in common. And just because you don't have the same things in common or don't see things eye to eye does not mean that you cannot still have love for each other. does not mean that you still can't be sisters. You may not hang out together. You may not, you may not shop together or you may not be on the phone for eight hours with each other but that doesn't mean that that person is not your sister 
and I'm that is that was beautiful. I'm glad that you touched on that because that that's a that's a roadmap for our sisters who are in toxic relationships because the reason why many of our relationships are topic, you touched on it too, Akila, is people are growing and you grow from you grow differently. And that growth someone may not be able to recognize and now that person has grown into a new person a different person and now you all no longer have anything in common you no longer and you no longer jail with each other i think about the song uh tupac see it, it's my turn to do a song Akira. nah nah it's my mm-hmm. turn you always come up with a song that's but right i'm a dance song, way <laughs> right right that song i'm not i'm not mad at you that tupac mm-hmm. made when you talk right, about his right. friend and yeah. he talks about you don't want to chase the women no more. You don't want to chase the money no more. You're a Muslim yeah. now. now you want to get married. And he, but he's saying, I ain't mad at you. You still my brother. You. Yeah. And I just think, see, Tupac was so, he's like years ahead. But I'm just saying, that, that proves a point right there. It's a great example. I want to use Tupac as a great example of why you can be a sister or a brother to someone and you not necessarily have to be a friend. People change. Right, right. That well, man, that, very well put. Yeah, that was. Um, I like. I like that you brought Tupac into the conversation. <laughs> At least that song, anyways, because that was perfect. <laughs> that was perfect. Can I sing this? Nah, that that was classic. Mad at you. <laughs> I can't Ooh. sing it, but I just love that. That was my spirit. jam. That that yeah, that energy. That was that your scene. jam, like you said. What that that, 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 that spirit. Was my jam. The spirit so, of it, yeah. I just remember where I was at my life at that time, and it, I just remember it just touched me. And if I hear it now, which I think in a second when I and when we stop recording, <laughs> I'm going to definitely play it. <laughs> I, I, I wish we could play it on the record. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was a man. You touched on quite a uh, a few points, and um, wow. So I I think about this again. This this thing we call friendship and you know the comparison that I made you know to sisterhood and it's again certain things just never they they never die you know how you see people or you hear from somebody who you haven't talked to like I think about people that I have in my life now friends who I consider to be friends I mean I can think of many of them that if I saw them right now if they call me right now I'll be so elated I'll be so excited but these are people that I don't even talk to like every day. I don't even talk to them every five months, maybe every three months, maybe every six months, maybe once a year. But the connection that we have is, is clean, is pure. Um, there, there's nothing there that would make me say that's not my friend. Somebody might say, but you don't even talk to them. When the last time you talk to them? I don't have to talk to that person every day. So in that case, it's a special relationship because we share sisterhood and we share friendship which is extra bonus like for example I spoke to a person today and when I saw their number come up I'm like oh man you know I got excited and we talked and we probably have been knowing each other for a good maybe 11 years because we used to work with one another we were co-workers and so they called me and they still refer to me as Miss Muhammad. <laughs> they like, they was like, I was talking to uh, one of the other coworkers here, you know, and I'm trying to find a resource for this and that for a client. And they were like, well, you used to be a lady who worked here. Remember, her name was such and so and so, Miss Muhammad. And she was like, who my BFF, Miss Muhammad? She said, well, Miss Muhammad is your BFF. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
she said, I had to call you. And I was and I was so elated to hear from her. We kind of caught up. And I when I got off the phone, I just remembered the feeling that I had. Like, man, that's my sister. That's my friend. That's my girl. I, the last time we talked, it probably was about eight months ago. But the 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 relationship um is intact. It's it's a beautiful thing and it's something to me that defines what I feel as a friendship that's, you know, long lasting. When we think about toxic relationships and eggshell, see, think about an eggshell. Eggshell is like, again, when we're talking about walking on them, hell, because they break. They break easily. They're fragile. They're fragile. Um, fragile. Oh, that's yeah. a very good way to describe it. And it's like, ooh, at any point, this thing can pop off. You know, at any point, you one false move, and it's over. That's almost like living in fear, you know? It's like driving a vehicle that you know, you know, it's almost on the it's way out there. You really don't even know what's wrong with it, but you just know that, shoot, this thing ain't going to last long. You know, we didn't probably max it out. So I have to stay close to home with this vehicle because I can't put it on the expressway. I got to drive the side streets because one false move, it might fall apart. Who wants a friendship like that? It it requires attention. It requires maybe an immediate surgery. It requires that if I don't get to the gas station, if I don't get to this, this um, auto mechanic shop quick, Shoot, this can be some, there can be some fatalities here. It's like the friendship is on life support. Mm. Now, it's not to say that friendships may not get there and it can't still be a friendship that can be worked on because just like a relationship where there's husband and wife or, you know, sister and brother, sometimes there needs to be repair now, Akila made a good point earlier where she said, which I thought was interesting when you stated that, you know, you don't necessarily believe in cutting people off. If I'm, if I'm um, quoting that correctly. Yes, you are. Is that how you? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm not big on cutting people off. And I'd like to, you know, know more about that and why. But when you said that, I was like, hmm, that's interesting. Because with me, I will cut people off quickly like disconnect you and unplug you you know from life support kind of cut you off i now that could very well be a defense mechanism for me um and the reason that i do it is because i feel like it is important for me not to be in a relationship where that i can consider to be toxic it's like if I'm in something and I feel like it is not serving me, if I feel like I'm in something that I feel like is taking away my own life, my own breath, that is interfering with my growth and my development, something, you know, um, that is impeding my progress, then I may need to get the scissors out and disconnect myself from an environment that is unhealthy for me to be in. So, and that's to save myself because just like um, self-preservation is one of the first laws of nature, I 
understanding that the safety of us all or the life of us all is important naturally as somebody who is in a, in a, in a swimming pool and they're drowning or they feel like they're being suffocated. At the end of the day, they're going to attempt to try to save themselves first. They're going to try to grab and hold on to anything that they possibly can. So when I see something coming or that has gotten in my way that's preventing me from being able to be at peace, be in harmony, be in a state, you know, of uprightness, then I will disconnect myself. I don't have any problem doing that because I feel like it is better that I disconnect myself from that relationship than to continue it and for us to both suffer, you know, so that that's my reasoning. But Akil, I will be interested to know your, your thoughts. On, on why I uh, don't cut people off. Why don't you cut people off? <laughs> I don't cut people off because I let people cut themselves off. To be perfectly mm, honest. Interesting. And most people will do that. If, if they are truly the toxic person and you don't give it energy, they're going to find a way to get out of that relationship anyway. Mm. And, and there's nothing that I really have to do about it. Mm. Um, I also am the person that I accept people for who they are. So if I say, okay, this is a toxic person, then I think I talked about earlier how I compartmentalize and I put people in categories. And so I understand the nature of who this person is and what they can or cannot be for me. But I don't have to dismiss you completely. I just have to, I just know that there are certain aspects of my life that you are not a part of and that I don't need to put you in because that's just not the place that you have in my life. But I don't need to cut people off. I, I just, you know, and like I said, but if you cut yourself off, don't look for me to come and try to bring you back. You're going to have to come yeah. of your own accord. I'm not coming hunting for people. You know, I, right. I am, uh, I firmly believe in things being very organic. And so it has to flow in that direction for me. It has to be an easy, an easy flow, you know? And so, yeah, so I don't, it's, it's, that's just not really my MO. But like I said, but now if you do it to me and I see that that's what you're doing and you're, you're showing me in, in so many ways that you're not interested in, you know, being around me or entertaining me or whatever, then I'm not going to fight you to have you in my life. Now that I'm not going to yeah. But I don't. Right. People, but I don't. I don't. I don't push people out. And it's interesting that I, I thank you for sharing that with me because actually, when you when I originally heard you say that, I thought differently. I mean, I I wasn't thinking that that's what you meant, you know. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm glad that I did ask for clarification. Um, and you know, for me, the reason that I do cut you off and I will cut you off, I guess I look at it like a disease, mm -hmm. you know, and it is sometimes better that I disinfect, detox, you know, flush it out because I don't want this disease, this toxic relationship, this eggshell of a shit walk around to ill affect me, my garden, my growth. So if I got to get this raid out, and if I need to spray, if I need to start flushing things out before it starts ill affecting, you know, all the other healthy cells, then I'm going to do whatever I need to do. 
You know, it's like I feel like, oh, no, we're it's, it's war because now, you know, you've entered into a zone that is toxic free. So I and I'm not going to put myself at risk. So I guess I'm looking at it in a different way. I'm not about to put myself at risk, nor will I even put us at risk. So that's that's why I say, nope, let me get the umbilical cord. And then I also think about, you know, one of my favorite sayings by Maya Angelou. And uh, people, re- people quote her on this all the time, but they don't fully say the whole thing that she said, which is when a person shows you who they are, mm-hmm. she says, believe them the first time. first time. She don't just say believe them. I mean, all times when people re- quote that, they say when a person shows you who they are, be- you know, believe them. No, it says when a person shows you who they are, believe them the first time, meaning that you don't get second and third and fourth and fifth and sixth chances. Now, the interesting thing about that comment for me is that I've given people second and third and fourth and fifth and sixth chances. And I think as I've grown, I've gotten to a point, that's why I have to cut you off now, because I used to be that person that would give an extension I would give the olive branch because, okay, maybe I didn't really, really get it. Maybe I didn't quite understand where you were coming from. Maybe I needed clarification, which is cool because sometimes relationships need that. And that is okay. That's important. But I think also with my cutting off, it could definitely be a reaction or a, um, how would I call it? A defense mechanism to make sure that I protect what I once have known in the past to be hurt or harmed because I've always allowed or given second and third and fourth chances. And this is why I probably fall in love or have fell in love with that quote. Not the first, when a person shows you who they are, but leave them the first time because there were always signs. There was always something that kind of showed like, mm, that's how you get down. No, nah, I don't get down like that. You know, so I just so, I just wanted to share that. Mm-hmm. I'm sort of I'm in between both of you all. I, I, um, you know I, I I'll use this as an analogy. You have a person that has two or three cars. One car is the show car. You know that's the car they when they get ready to step out they're gonna roll in. You got the the other car that's just like they go to work car everyday car. And then you got that that car they always oh, winter time I gotta bring it out the garage because it's got the big tire. I mean everybody's gonna play a certain role in your life and a situation can occur where you know they're not ready spiritually to go deep into a relationship that I'm ready to go to. That's just kind of the way I look at it. it, it there are some people that you're gonna be able to just be close with and it's nothing negative forgive against someone else. It's just that they're not ready to go to the level of relationship that you're ready to go to. But four or five years from now, that person you all can be really tight. So it's people that we were cordial and then we became close. And then there are people in my life that we were really, really close and now we're just cordial. So, but in a, in a journey, you go through life and you, you got a destination and some people just not spiritually intact well enough to go on that journey with you. Do you understand what I'm saying? I try not to make it personal. Okay, this conflict right here showed me this is as far on a journey that you can go with me. Now I got to make that journey with someone else or about myself. I'm not going to be angry with you. You still be on my life. You just won't be, you, 
you won't the pecking order is going to be different and, and that's right. the way i approach it i don't um, believe in throwing a baby out with the bath water basically <laughs> what does that mean <laughs> you don't throw the baby out with the bath water you throw out the bath what water. does that mean <laughs> <laughs> it means that the baby, once the water is dirty you know you throw it out but if you throw the baby the clean baby out with the bath water you oh okay i got you yeah people you know, say that i'd be like confused yeah, you don't throw what the, the hell baby out with the bath water you can throw that out, but you don't have to throw the whole person out and, and i can get with that yeah so i just like i said i I am I am the queen of loving people from the balcony, and you know, and I think that that's what when I said it before. And so I just I just don't believe in necessarily throwing people away. You got to really do something malicious and vicious to me for me to 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 do something like that. I had an ex uh, this guy I used to date years ago that told me he said you are like the most forgiving person in Tanis. And I started crying. What? What? <laughs> you are the most forgiving person in panties. Oh and, my uh, god! And I was like, "What?" And 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 he said, "You for you." He said, "I think you forgive too much." Mm. And wow. I don't know that that's the case. So I'm not going to let people use me. So I believe, and I always use Maya Angelou's quote till its fullest extent. I believe you the first time, but me in me believing you the first time, it just knows that I know what you're capable of. It doesn't mean I have to cut you off. It just means that I ain't messing with you like that. <laughs> so, you know, so my, my big go. thing is to treat you accordingly. I don't have to cut you off because there still can be some good even in that person or even if, even if it's meant that my walk with you is to give to you something that you might actually need. You know, and yeah. so do I want to cut off the opportunity to be a blessing or for that person to bless me in some kind of way? Because it may challenge me in a way that I've never been challenged for, which offers still offers growth, growth, I'm saying growth, <laughs> that still offers growth for me. So I'm just, like I said, that's just not my thing. Now, again, I'm not coming to bring you back if you decide to cut me off. I, th that I won't do. but. For me to like actually cut somebody off, that's just not really my MO. And that's interesting real quick that you say that because when you break it down like that again, I see that being a part of how I operate too. I think what happens even when I will cut people off, see, and it depends there. I guess I have levels of cutting you off. Mm -hmm. I'll cut you off and I may still have to deal with you, but I've cut you off. And in my mind, I know who you are, I know what you're about, and I'm not getting down with you like that. But we here. Because we big people. Mm -hmm. Got to put our big girl and boy underwear on. So I'm going to deal with you within a certain way. But in my mind, I've cut you off. Then I have those people that I've cut you off. Like, no, you can't even come within my no no feet of me, you know, yeah, you because had to, you had to do something really bad to me for that. Yeah, and that's usually because of something like that. It's not anything petty. It's not anything petty. Yeah, so I think I have two, two, like you talked about compartmentalizing people. I think I, you know, yeah, you go in this garage and you go in this one. Mm -hmm. You people over here, yeah, I cut you off, but my disconnect from you, I still know I have to deal with you. It's like employees, I guess, when people work with certain people. Or family. Still got to, or family, right. I still got <laughs> to deal with you. And so, you know, I might see you, you know, you be in the same place. I'm not going to break your neck. But I know all about you. 
and my eye is open. My left eye is watching you, so you just going to stay over here, you know, opposed to just like slicing, you know, just slicing and dicing. <laughs> God knows we got toxic family members. I think everybody, I think everybody can relate to the fact that you have a toxic family member, and it's like, you sure, you can't, you, I can't make you not be related to me, but I can make sure that you're not interfering in my life where you're disturbing my peace and that's what i kind of meant earlier when i was dealing with putting first people in categories of friendship and sisterhood because mm -hmm. see the family is what drew, drew us together you know we came from the birth same birth we shared wounds but whatever the case yeah we come from the same lineage the family line but and i think you know what it reminds me of dealing with my beautiful people yeah. i love my people but my people can get on my nerves. They, my people can have me fussing and cussing under my breath. But I still love us anyway. I love us regardless of our faults or whatever we might bring to the table. But they still my people. Then let somebody else talk about them. Let somebody else talk about my people. We going in. We going at it. But they are my people. So I still love us. It's just that we're not the easiest people to love. Oh, it's hard people to love. Because mm -hmm. we're hard-headed, stiff-necked, and rebellious yeah. as And toxic as hell. And toxic <laughs> as hell. That brings us to our solution stage, ladies. We got we to gotta give our listeners some solutions. So one of the things we talked about was checking our emotions in a relationship. Sometimes if the commonality is us, maybe we're the toxic person. We're the reason why the relationship is like walking on eggshells. We could be the common denominator. So I challenge our listeners to check check your emotions in the relationship. Make sure you're not the one adding uh, a toxic environment to the relationship. Number two, if you if you get toxic signs, if you see toxic signs in a relationship, open those lines of communication and go to the person and say, let's talk about this relationship just seeing the signs and not really acting on trying to address them means that you're in agreement with that toxic relationship. Got to try to fix it. Um, number three is to separate friendship from sisterhood. As we discussed that everybody is not meant to be a friend. Some people are just meant to be a sister. So we have to be able to, I guess, to go back to that compartmentalizing people that you talked about, Akiva. Um, and one of our last solutions, and I challenge everyone to be open-minded. A friendship is not based on, always based on our standards. We're not the law of how a friendship should go in each scenario. So oftentimes when people don't fit our definition of a friend, we mm. want to put the blame on them and, and act as if there's something wrong with them. Maybe our standards are too high completely or maybe mm -hmm. our standards are just too high for that person at that time they may not be as mature as a friend as you may be or vice versa so we need to be humble in our dealings with our friendship and another one um uh dr hot i was thinking you know about the the steps of atonement you know yeah. which is a process yeah. um that if practice and if use could definitely bring a healing, you know, to the relationship, which actually we have a podcast coming up um, soon, you know, where we break down the eight steps of atonement, what they are and, you know, how we go about it. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Mm, that would make number five then. That's the five uh, solutions. And I look forward to us talking about the eight steps of atonement. Very powerful process. I can't wait till we discuss this with our listeners. I want to give, say goodbye to our listeners. Thanks once again for listening to Conversation with Royal Empress. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to another episode of Conversations with the Royal Impress. Tune in next week for another enlightening conversation. For more information on the Royal Impress, please visit the website royalimpress.org. You can also follow the Royal Impress on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Conversations with the Royal Impress is a subsidiary of the Royal Impress organization. All rights reserved.